It's time to get activated, gamers, because you're listening to the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2023, featuring Dan and Bob Video Games. If you have any problems with any of our lists, yell at Bob. Oh, no. Chris Wolfhart. Guaranteed to outlast AAA gaming. And Dr. Agro. Sure glad I spent this whole year knowing I'd be on this podcast. This episode features outrageous categories such as Best Companion and Biggest Jobber and Best Plot Twist and So grab your Nuggies and Mountain Dew gamers, sit back in your race car chair and get ready because the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2023 Podstravaganza starts right now! Yippee. Hello and welcome to the final part of Gigaboots Game of the Year 2023 Podstravaganza. If you ignore the top 10, we've got everyone still. We've got Bob. I'm still here. We've got Dr. Agro. I like video games. We've got Chris Wolfhard. I'm not still here. And I'm Dan Video Games and I'm still alive. Epic portal reference. I was going for like Mirror's Edge. Why does no one appreciate Mirror's Edge? I was thinking it was that other 7th Gen game no one remembers. Huh, that's strange. I don't remember it. I don't know what you're talking about, Agro. Lair was great. (laughs) Can I pay you money to make me forget Lair? (laughs) Anyway, let's get to these categories. First category, most likely to be canceled. And, you know, given the context of our word ceremony, I feel like it should be clear. These are games, not characters in games that are most likely <laughs> yeah. to be canceled. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not we're not taking shots at uh, what influencer will be canceled, because as we've sadly proven in like the past two months, it's really impossible to predict. <laughs> Anyways, game most likely to be canceled. The nominees are Arc 2, Concord, Dragon Age Dreadwolf, Everwilds. Fair Game Dollar Sign, Perfect Dark, Prince of Persia Remake, <laughs> and the final nominee, every Ubisoft game, colon, they go under. <laughs> I like how there's like, there's another game on here that is a Ubisoft game. Well, yeah, there's that one alone getting canceled, and then and then uh, their financials this year causing their $4.25 a share stock to uh, fall some more. Hmm. Okay. We've got four votes each. I'm going to let Chris start us. Ark. Like, that just seems so likely that they just really overextended and do not have the money to finish that game. (laughs) Whatever gave you that idea. And now that the interest rates are above zero, they can't borrow the money to finish that game. They might release a game called Ark 2, though. (laughs) Maybe. Weird how Arc 2 is just another expansion pack for the remaster of Arc 1. <laughs> oh, no. Mm. Dragon Age. That. I don't want it to be Dragon Age. Like, I want that game to come out, but we haven't seen shit. They haven't shown it for a second. Not intentionally. <laughs> We saw test models and uh, test areas. That's just as good as seeing the game, right? We saw a lot more than that unofficially. <laughs> yeah. Everwild. This is the, this is the, like, 
This is the least real of the Xbox lineup. Oh, it's I, because the name's so generic. I kind of forgot which one this was. This is the yeah, one. Yeah, this made is by the Microsoft. rare thing. This is the rare. This is what game. Rare's making. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh huh. It doesn't help that it from, from what they were hinting at, the, like it was gonna be servicey, maybe like it was gonna be like a fey wild version of like Sea of Thieves. So maybe so it it just seems like double dead because of that. I mean, we haven't heard about it in three or four years, and unofficially, what we heard after that is that all of the leadership changed. So yeah, I think this is possibly the poster child for Microsoft going. We bought companies that can actually make games. We don't need to fucking pretend anymore. <laughs> and Concord. I think Fair Games has a little bit more of a shot of actually coming out. It was probably far enough along that momentum will carry it to the clo- to the finishing line. Yeah. Plus, it's a Jade Raymond studio, so I feel like that has more clout and uh, importance than um, the Concord devs. Yeah, I don't even know if who's involved with that, if it's even anybody notable. I, I don't think they former sh- Call of Duty guys. I think that yeah. was the idea with that one. Uh, I thought that was the other one. I think there are two different studios that are former Call of Duty guys. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, this is the Horizon people, the Horizon VR game people, I think. Firewalk Studios, question mark. Oh, the Concord was, a, was yeah, it was, a, they, they purchased them outright last year. Yes. They own that studio now. And it has some Bungie people and some Activision people. So that sounds like possibly Call of Duty people. I genuinely don't know what games they've shipped. Maybe they have shipped nothing. Oh, I'm thinking of Fire Sprite. Yeah. Because because PlayStation acquired both of them at the same time, basically. This is their first game, and they were established to make Surface games. Yeah. They're one of the many that Sony acquired for some fucking reason. It's sure great that Sony acquired them just to shut them down. I'm really, I'm really jazzed for the day we hear, yeah, there's like a whole lost generation of PlayStation games because Jim Ryan spent all their money on live service games and then bailed the company before they started bombing. And then every journalist whose brain doesn't work blames the next guy. But those are my votes. Bob. I'm going to show one on Concord. Seems real unlikely. Everwilds. Mm, Dragon Age. I don't want to vote for Perfect Dark. I feel like they have to ship something. But at the same time, they don't. At the same time, at the same time it keeps losing creative directors. <laughs> I know. So yeah, I'm going to show on Perfect Dark. <laughs> Aggro. Yeah, Perfect Dark is a black hole. They just need to plug. that. It's a quadruple-A game. Uh, that's not real, and neither is this project. Um, Dragon Age Dreadwolf. I recently started to believe that the Prince of Persia remake is actually going to be real. I, I think that internal milestone it hit a while ago was some executive looking at Lost Crown and going, okay, yeah, no, you guys are fine. Make that game. Whatever. Start over. <laughs> I think it is uh, more likely that Ubisoft will just crumple into the ground. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I'm going to vote for every Ubisoft game. Uh, and you have one more vote. I think Arc 2 is going to Voltron into a couple of things and still technically come out. So I'm going to go with Everwilds. 
you're all crazy something named Dragon Age Dreadwolf will ship. <laughs> We're not going to like it. <laughs> what if we... T- <laughs> that was my stance too, but I don't know anymore. <laughs> what if they t- deviate enough where they're like, we have to rename it. <laughs> that used to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think even this started as Dragon Age 4. Yeah, but that's like, a, you know, not yeah. a real title. Uh, yeah. Also, the problem is that uh, Dreadwolf is the title of the primary antagonist of the series at the point. Right. At this point. Mm. So if they change it to like, no, no, we're just doing something entirely separate. That's fuck that story. That was a decade ago at this point. A decade. If if Dragon Age Dreadwolf comes out this year, it will have been 10 years since the last Dragon Age game. Western gaming is doing fine. Concord. It does not have Jade Raymond at the studio. They have not shipped the game yet. Sony will fuck them. Everwild. As I said, Microsoft has studios that can make games now. They don't have to pretend anymore. And if they're becoming a third party, they don't have to care about having a diverse lineup. Perfect Dark under one condition. You know, the interest rate is real again. We might start seeing a weird thing that I don't think we've ever seen in Western gaming where people have to be fiscally responsible for the forever games they're trying to make and go, yeah, this is going nowhere and it's cost us millions. We have to shut this down. That might be an unprecedented move and we might have to experience that in in just a way that makes us go, whoa, gravity is real again. This is kind of surreal. Uh, and I'm going to say uh, every Ubisoft game, they go under. That is looking more and more real as far as we go, which is it, insane. It is completely insane. I didn't think we would end up here, but it, it seems legitimately possible that it's just like, and they explode. That Avatar game didn't seem to have hit hard. Or hit. Like they shot an arrow into the forest and it hit nothing. <laughs> they missed every tree. Like you search for uh, how much did the sale and all you get is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora is 40% off five days after release. And if you go to Amazon right now... Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's James Cameron's Avatar the Game for PSP. (laughs) (laughs) One moment. I'm interested. (laughs) But yeah, like, every time I go to the store, I can tell that no copies of Avatar have been sold because they're all in the exact same position. Okay. Uh, Looking at this voting, it seems like our unanimous... Nominee is Everwild with four <laughs> votes. I'm cool locking that in for first and beginning the voting on the other three. How do you all feel? Yeah, that thing is fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, Perfect Dark is expensive and really at high risk because of that. Everwild has no value and has been going forever. Yeah. Yeah, when we haven't even heard about it in over a year... It's not looking too good. One year? I feel like we haven't we're, heard we're, about it since at least 2021. I said over a year. <laughs> yeah, but that's underselling it. I think it's been three. Probably. <laughs> Bob's like, it's been a week, and I'm like, it's been 10 years. You know, like, eh, it's over a week. Uh, so we got Concord, Dragon Age, Dread Wolf, and Perfect Dark. I guess we'll do two votes each. Everyone's okay voting between these three for uh, second, third, and runner-up? Yeah. Sure. sure. Two votes, Bob. Hmm. This is tough. I'm going to say Concord and Perfect Dark. Aggro. Dragon Age and Perfect Dark. 
Uh, Perfect Dark and Concord. Chris. Dragon Age and Perfect Dark. Okay, well, we just all voted for Perfect Dark. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that, that checks out in my book. Unfortunately, we're evenly split on Concord. I think Concord should probably take third. I think so, too. Dreadwolf isn't a service game, so it isn't in the genre that is now on the chopping block everywhere, and Concord is. So if anything, this might make Dragon Age more likely to come out because they'll go, we need single-player games again. Yeah, that's entirely fix possible. Fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Also, once again, there's value in Dragon Age. There's value in this Dragon Age Dreadwolf game they've been working on forever. Concord, nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. There's no value there. There's no studio pedigree that any gamer cares about. Yeah, we haven't even seen anything other than that CG trailer of a sandwich. If if we never heard about it again, no one would notice. Mm -hmm. Which is why, in my mind, I feel like it might be able to easily pivot and just... They didn't know this shit was supposed to be in here. Cut out all the live service stuff and ship a very small game called Concord. If that happens, it will still take five more years. <laughs> <laughs> and they ga- they gassed up the studio so much over the past couple of years. Like it has all these Call of Duty and Bungie people. They're making epic service games. Their first game's Concord. Sony just bought them. No, that shit's that's just going in the grinder. Yeah, I feel like between the two of these, Dragon Age is less likely to be canceled because it has they they also stuck the other bioware the quote fake bioware or whatever on it (laughs) so if it goes under that's two studios that are cratering that's that's how i feel on this i think it should take third or uh concord should take third yeah dragon age is more is much more likely to be given infinite bailout rope and clearly even by our voting here uh more likely to get that than Perfect Dark at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect Dark is a, is a maw with a hunger that does not end. <laughs> but it's right there in the name. It needed to be perfect. They couldn't stop until it was. <laughs> is that why it's a quadruple A game? <laughs> yes. Someone call Ken Levine. We <laughs> really need to only, polish this up. He's the only man who could do it. <laughs> Now I'm just imagining the sucker punch fueled Ken Levine driven perfect dark game. Oh, oh what a! <laughs> it's so perfectly salient in my brain. Anyway, okay, I think we've got this locked in. Is everyone good with this? Yeah, that looks good to me. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well. The game most likely to be canceled is Everwilds in first place. Second place goes to Perfect Dark, which I cannot believe they haven't even come up with a subtitle for. (laughs) There's not going to be a subtitle. It's going to be like God of War. Concord in third place and Dragon Age Dreadwolf in runner up. I'm very excited for five years from now. Somebody listens to this segment and they go, what games? (laughs) a better future we're just we're in the neo midgar you know hyper utopia at that point like who the fuck is ubisoft (laughs) oh my god why did why do they keep talking about a battle pass what the hell is a battle pass you know that would be great because it's kind of like when uh remember towards the end of seventh gen when on sony's console they had those weird like online passes that came with the game that you had to register that's such an alien concept now oh man imagine if we could move past battle passes like that 
Well, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next category. The next category, Best Companion. This is going to be mild to moderate spoilers on. On Wake 2, Armored Core 6, Atomic Heart, Baldur's Gate 3, Disgaea 7, Endless Monday, Fate Samurai Remnant, Final Fantasy 16, Goodbye Volcano Eye, Hi-Fi Rush, Octopath 2, Pizza Tower, Talos Principle 2, and The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. The nominees are Alex Casey from Alan Wake 2, G1 Michigan from Armored Core 6, Rusty from Armored Core 6, Charles from Atomic Heart, Nora from Atomic Heart, Us from Baldur's Gate 3, Pirelika from Disgaea 7, Tiger Chan from Endless Monday, Saber from Fate Samurai Remnant, Sid from Final Fantasy 16, Naomi from Goodbye Volcano High, Smidge from Hi-Fi Rush, Mahina from Octopath Traveler 2, Gustavo and Brick from Pizza Tower, Melville from Talos Principle 2, and Tulin from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Let me retake that. And Tulin from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, Bob, don't leave in both takes like you're the Oblivion editor guy who left in the double takes of all those voice lines. (laughs) (laughs) My God, he... No, that's not it. My God! (laughs) Man, if only Starfield was as strong a game as Oblivion. God. That'd be pretty Unironically. Yeah. Unironically, absolutely. Well, I feel like people should start making arguments for some of these before we start. Uh, who nominated Tiger Chan? I did. Uh, Agro has not played Endless Monday Dreams of Deadlines. Bob, what is so best companion about Tiger Chan? Well, to beat Tiger Chan, you pass out of your desk while working. <laughs> <laughs> and go to her jungle world. And you walk around it with her. And she, she tells you about different things in the environment, which it plays like a, at this point, like a old school Dragon Quest RPG. Uh, where it's just a top down map. But then when you wake up from your coma dream, she just shows up in your office and then keeps following you around and ending all her sentences with baby. (laughs) (laughs) And is just a a joy to be around unless you threaten to kill her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, she's a bit uh, mean to you during this sequence. So, you know, it's not, you're not just, she's guy is, or Penny isn't a fucking psychopathic murderer out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, she only gets angry at you after you chop down her entire forest or, uh, oh, right. The other way was deciding with the the koala that bonks her with coconuts every day. Yeah, that's Tiger Chan was like, don't talk to that koala. And you're like, I think it's cute that a coconut hits her on the head and she's mad at you forever. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Sadly, I, I could not play the game long, the, the the mobile game long enough to deforest her island. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I know you can do it, but I also was not successful in doing that. Yeah, I you wasn't. You have to go either. all the way until you black out. Oh my god. <laughs> but you're already asleep, so. Uh, let's talk about Pyrilika from Disgaea 7. is delightful. She's your first, like, main character. Uh, she hires you for a hundred million hell, which is the currency in Disgaea. And she's just there the entire game trying to solve all her problems by throwing money at them and getting every single thing about Japanese culture wrong. And also misquoting famous sayings uh, constantly. She's also extremely positive to the point where 
any villain, she will make up a backstory for why they are doing their things and how it's actually tragic. <laughs> yes. Uh, and this goes along with the main character, Fuji, who literally has like cancer that flares up when positivity hits him. He's like a uh, Zelos from Slayers. <laughs> Agro, tell me about us for Baldur's Gate 3. Us is an intellect devourer, which is a brain with feet uh, that eats intellect uh, because D&D oh. is great. Uh, <laughs> you first meet it in the prologue when you pull it out of a guy's skull on the Nautiloid ship and you have the option to like mentally cripple it. But if you don't, it sort of follows you around like a puppy and helps you out in the opening. Then later in the game, you come across it again in a cage, and if you let it out, it becomes a summonable companion, now free of the influence of the Elder Brain, and every other NPC in the game views it as a cat, because it is a powerful psychic monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's horrifying. <laughs> that's really great! Does it talk? Psychically. That, that, like when you first meet it, you're, you're hearing a voice and you follow the voice, you take an elevator down and you find a corpse and you're like, am I, am I talking to you or your brain? And you pass a medicine check to find that like the skull is swelling and you've got to dig this thing out of a corpse's skull. Ugh. Jesus. Okay. So, so it doesn't act like a cat though. No, no, it does not. <sighs> uh, Hey, Agro, tell me about Nora from Atomic Heart. So picture this picture like a 1950s flash chrome deco Coke machine that desires you carnally. <laughs> Surprisingly easy to imagine. Nora is maybe the thing in that game. I looked forward to the most because one, because of a glitch in the game, you, you, you were never sure whether or not it was going to be horny or not. Every time you enter the save room. <laughs> <laughs> Two, it like it wasn't like it's one of those games. Atomic Heart is one of those games where you have safe rooms where you can upgrade your equipment and save and like enemies won't follow you in there. But they're always tainted because you're not sure if when you go into the save room, you're going to be accosted by a metal sexual predator the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> Powerful nominee. I feel like all of us played Atomic Heart. We could talk about Charles, but who nominated Charles? I think I did. Right I, at the beginning I, of the year. I think the largest thing to underscore is how Charles is the good version of Cuff from Forspoken. Yes, in fact, that's probably <laughs> playing those two games almost back to back is probably what led me to put Charles on here because it's rare. He's genuinely trying to be helpful, and the main character of Atomic Heart is just such a dipshit, he can't banter back at all. Yeah, it really works here because of that, because Charles isn't sassy and diminutive per se of the main character. He's largely just being helpful, and the main character's dense as hell <laughs> and an idiot. Like, he does not observe things in the environment and put two and two together, and he says the most... Military oorah, I will not process that my superiors might be uh, sabotaging large government infrastructure. Nonstop. He just says it out loud where he's just like, but, but Papa treat me well. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? I'm going to give you all of these points on this spreadsheet. Absorb any of them. No. 
Oh, well, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Spreadsheets are against party discipline. <laughs> uh, Rusty from Armor Core 6, who nominated? I did. Okay, shoot. This guy's great. He constantly shows up and calls you buddy. <laughs> True. And he's just, a, he's all around a great guy. He's just really fun to be around. Every time a mission where Rusty shows up, you know you're going to have a good time. Because he's going to call you buddy and then move on to the next thing. <laughs> You sound like you're convincing me to like my new stepdad. <laughs> you got a little bit of that energy. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Is and you know, Rusty isn't not a, a stepdad name. It feels like that could be. <laughs> yeah, he mm. could be. See, I can't, I can't help but just picture Rusty Venture inside the Armored Core. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. He's listening to Court of the Crimson King in there. <laughs> Uh, who nominated G1 Michigan? I guess it must have been me. He's just really funny. He's he honestly, it's almost like Hank Hill is piloting an armored core. It's true. <laughs> He's like a hoorah to ashes. He it, it's like they dug up some some uncle from Georgia whose greatest accomplishment was serving one like one term in the army during peacetime. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the character. Like the guy who who makes like his nephews call him like salute and call and call him like sergeant. Hmm. Alex Casey is great. He drinks coffee. He gets lost in the woods. He doesn't trust Alan Wake. <laughs> <laughs> He's Sam Lake. That's a big He's that's a big Sam buff. Lake. <laughs> he makes the face. There are countless positives to Alex Casey. He may be Max Payne. Just not legally. <laughs> Bob, I assume it was you who nominated Saber from Fate Samurai Remnant. Yes. Tell me about Saber from Fate Samurai Remnant. Uh, typically, when you go into town with Saber, she will like follow you most of the time, but then run off in a random direction because she spotted something that she needs to look at. And then you go chase her down and probably have to buy something for her. <laughs> <laughs> it is delightful every time. That does sound delightful. Uh, I know any of us could have, but who nominated Sid slash wants to talk about Sid from Final Fantasy 16? I mean, I could talk about Sid from Final Fantasy 16. He has the most charisma of the entire cast of the game. He is absolutely the elbow joint of the game. You feel his absence. <laughs> it genuinely feels like absolutely every scene he's in that that actor brought all of his energy into that character, and that is the anchor on which the entire scene exists. And that is insane. I mean, that character is the anchor that the entire plot exists on, because at no point does Clive ever do anything but explicitly the things Sid told him to do. Go break the crystals, Clive. Free the bears, Clive. I'm going to die now. Only do those two things forever. <laughs> he didn't say that that was Clive's decision just to be clear <laughs> that was uh, Clive's uh, well uh, I did the thing should I just do it forever well he didn't say to do anything else okay well we'll see how it works when I'm done man that sure didn't affect the world I, the way I thought it would I should probably keep going though I mean Sid, Sid said to do it that's when the guy from Atomic Heart is like yeah. nah don't listen to it keep doing it <laughs> It was like, Clive, everything you know about how the world works is wrong, and I need you to do something that sounds like it's going to doom the planet. <laughs> He's like, bet. 
it, it's like aggro said during our forced feedback where the, just a dude with a popped collar and a giant cigar shows up and goes break him <laughs> go break him <laughs> chris tell me about naomi from goodbye volcano high Okay, Naomi is great. She's the only character in that entire game that's worth anything. Um, her character is she is a really repressed youth with extremely strict parents. She mortgaged her entire childhood because she was told that would make her successful as an adult. Oh. So she had no fun. She's really, you know, yeah, star student. Yeah. Uh she starts to go slowly, like, get more and more unstable as the plot goes on and, like, the death meteor hangs over. Because, like, the reality of she's not, she maybe isn't going to get to that adulthood where she would be successful and enriched. Like, she might not get it, so she starts to fall apart. Also, she's secretly into anime. <laughs> I went to high school with this person, yes. They yep. were... <laughs> they were very dinosaur like <laughs> so uh she's really into anime specifically magical girl anime and she cosplays as magical girls and maybe be stalking the main character they might in fact have a romance that occurs it occurs entirely over text message with the main character not knowing who it is and just knowing it's somebody stalking her or them uh who nominated smidge from hi-fi rush I did, and I'm going to do my best to try and remember things about Smidge, other than he's a fun robotic uh, <laughs> tutorial machine. Yeah, because he is the one that's just like, "Hey, you got this new mechanic." Yeah, me, and he's actually kind of funny for that first uh, level where he's introducing these new mechanics and talking to you. Uh, so I, when I was looking up for pictures of him, I accidentally found fan art of him and Nora making out. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> and you didn't put that in the document? <laughs> no, no one else needed to see it. I didn't want to see it. Uh, well, that's, you, were, that's you could true. just go I need to, to Google <laughs> right now. So, oh, come on. <laughs> that, you should have put that in. <laughs> well, that would be theft. <laughs> right. They worked very hard on their art. They deserve the clicks. So, Bob, tell me about Smidge other than fucks a Coke machine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've already said all I can. Like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, goofy, fun tutorial, man. So, what more do you want? So, Mahina from Octopath Traveler 2. I'm Mahina, beginning of the Ochet storyline. You get to choose between two animals. I chose Mahina. She's an owl. And she sticks with you the whole game, and you can be summoned at any point to reveal an elemental weakness of any enemy. So you just select her, and then bam. You know, yeah, one really weakness. Useful. It's real useful, and it's a fun little owl that talks to you and no one else, because no one else can understand owl. Oh! <laughs> I didn't know that part. Bob, you forgot the most important part. What's that? Whenever Ochet is climbing up or down a ladder, Mahina lands on her head, and they are roughly the same size. <laughs> I forgot. That's pretty good. Uh, the next nominees for Gustavo and Brick. Here's my problem. It's best companion, and those two are not Pepito's companion. They are just their own duo on the side. They help him, though, ostensibly. Mm. Maybe? <laughs> They're in the same <laughs> level as him. And the things they do allow the level to end, I guess. <laughs> and their progress seems to be his progress. 
Hmm. Gustavo and Brick are definitely your companions because when you enter pizza time by destroying the pillar at the end of the level, they will appear to show you where to go. That is true. That is very true because the level self-destructing aggro and you need to get the fuck out. So they just point you in the direction you need to run it at like a hundred miles an hour because that's how every pizza tower level ends. And in uh, the war level, I believe Gustavo helps you by shooting brick like a missile out of a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> we need to uh, we need to have a category next year for strongest duo because I feel like <laughs> video games often do have duos. Hmm. Much to think about. Agro, I have no idea who nominated Melville from Talos Principle 2, but in their stead, can you tell us about Melville from Talos Principle 2? It's a complete mystery. Uh, so while you're walking around uh, various islands and places solving puzzles in Talos Principle, you've got a, a, a small band of robots also just sort of wandering around and every now and then coming over the radio and, you know, talking about shit. Melville uh, is the grumpy old engineer who is basically the only robot who knows how to fix stuff and is single-handedly keeping robot civilization turned on and working. Um, about every time she finishes a long bit of dialogue, she'll use an idiom and then go, but that, these language libraries, that didn't make any sense and keeps promising to overhaul them because apparently they're, the robots programming will have them just pull random English idioms from their translator instead of picking actual words to say. She also, even though she's the only one with any mechanical know-how, can't figure out how to take pictures with her own eyes. And every time she sends you a picture, either her hand or foot is just in frame. <laughs> she is the only one on your journey who's not espousing either a philosophical or an ethical viewpoint about what you're doing. She just keeps going, oh, I wonder how this shit works. That that makes her a pretty strong nominee, given the game's context. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then there's Tulin from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Tulin's great because they give you the, the best one of the abilities you get in Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, where you get to just cause wind at any time. Yeah, that's that's real helpful. You also don't have to engage with it in an unbelievably stupid way, the way you do every single other one of those powers. <laughs> right. Okay. We're going to go ahead and start voting. We have five votes each. We'll start with Bob. I got to give one to Tiger Chan. Got to look good for Tiger Chan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Perilica, Mahina, Rusty, and Alex Casey. Chris. Gustavo and Brick, Pirilika, Alex Casey, Naomi, and Sid. Alex Casey. The very funny dialogue you have with him as the game goes on, and he's just like, yeah, I uh, hate nature. I'm completely lost out here. <laughs> All these countless moments are really, really good. Uh, and then there's the entire Alan Wake side of things, which he has a completely different energy for reasons that are obvious. Mm -hmm. And he's fantastic again as someone else you deal with as he grabs Alan Wake and goes, I know you did this, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it to Charles. Um, I do think that's kind of the gold bar, the gold standard for like first person shooter where you have a constant thing talking to you on your person because most of the time that sucks. 
the vast majority of my enjoyment of Atomic Heart came from these two talking to each other. Yeah, it is weird that that's like the best execution of that I've seen. Given that it's in the game Atomic Heart. Right. <laughs> which doesn't even have the best execution of, you know, my matter should be solid and I should just fall through it and get stuck. <laughs> yeah. <Huh. laughs> um, I'm going to give my next point to Sid. I don't know what that game is without Sid. My favorite parts of 16 have Sid. <sighs> Gustavo and Brick. But Pino couldn't have done it without them. That is true. That's true. He'd have been stuck in that jail cell, maybe. Probably. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to give one point to us from Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, it's your turn, turn now, Aggro. Uh, I'm going to double up on us. Alex Casey. Sid. Mahina. Melville. I think you're out of votes. Yep. I don't know why I said the last one like that. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. You can't stop me. <laughs> Man, that's a different strategy to completely throw things off from last time. We're innovating. Well, let me get this tallied up and see how it looks. It seems like there's going to be a lot of ties at the two votes. Okay. Going down... Uh, how many votes each thing had? Alex Casey from Alan Wake 2 has four votes. Sid from Final Fantasy 16 has three votes. Us from Baldur's Gate 3 has two. Pirulika from Disguise 7 has two. Machina from Octopath Traveler 2 has two. Gustavo and Brick from Pizza Tower have two. And then with one vote each, we got Rusty from Arcore 6, Charles from Atomic Heart, Naomi from Goodbye Volcano High, and Melville from Talos Principle 2. Does anyone think any of these one voters should go up? Because I'm sitting 50-50 on Charles. No, I, I agree with you. Like, I regret that I couldn't vote for him. He should be in that second round. Yeah, I'm with you too. Okay. Is everyone okay with that being the middle block then? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, how do we feel about the top two here? Alex Casey and Sid. I'm cool with Alex Casey being number one, but I feel like Sid goes back into the running with everybody else. Yeah, that's probably the smartest. All right. Okay. You give us three votes. We'll start with Chris. Gustavo and Brick. Piralika. And Sid. Agro. Sid. Mahina. Charles. <sighs> Sid. Charles us <laughs> it seems like it has a lot of advantages and some strong presence <laughs> uh, Bob um, Prerolika Charles Mahina okay that ended with three votes each in Sid Charles uh, two votes each in Prerolika and Mahina and one vote each in us and Gustavo and Brick. How do people feel about that so far? This is the rough end of this one where now you just got to start knifing characters that are all good. <laughs> yeah. That, that yeah. makes this one of the hardest categories so far in that way. Mm. From where I'm sitting, the general order of this looks correct. So I would say, you know... Sid and Charles can fight it out for second and third. Uh-huh. 
Pirilika and my Mahina can fight it out for runner-up. Maybe we do two votes with these four and see where that gets us. <sighs> okay. Mm. Let's see how he's that right. goes. I don't want to do it, but he's right. <laughs> uh, Bob. Uh, Charles and Perilica. Chris. Sid and Perilica. Agro. Uh, oh my god, Sid and Charles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm also throwing it on Sid and Charles. So we decapitated Mahina. Mahina. That, oh, we got a little bit of <laughs> Mahina. I would <laughs> I think that the three we have left in order is probably what it should be. That's how I feel too. Um mostly because how do I put this? <laughs> Charles is great. And as I said, probably the best counterpoint comedy duo narrative device in a first person shooter that's going for that sort of thing. It if Sid didn't drop out of Final Fantasy 16, there's a good chance that game fucking rules on a story <laughs> side. I don't know. Uh I found him fantastic. He has such a presence in that game. And that's sort of like the detriment of Charles over Sid to me. Like, Charles in a vacuum, right? Mm. Isn't quite hitting as hard. If yeah. Mahina didn't get decapitated, one of the questions I was going to ask the people who would know about Octopath versus Disguise 7 is which of these characters has so many complementary actions to the main character? Because that's clearly why Charles got where he is, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And Perilica definitely interacts with the main cast a lot more than Mahina does, because Mahina's relegated to the one story with Sochat. Yeah, and uh, Perilica's in a Disgaea game, and Disgaea games are basically shitty stand-up routines, like comedy duos, and it really sounds <laughs> like they play off the main character constantly. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I figured and how that conversation would have gone if, uh, you know, I just didn't watch four people decapitate Mahina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm okay with Sid taking number two. Like I seem to be the only one opposed or who hasn't been voting for him, so I get it. Yeah. These are such different types of companions, right? Like he's not mm -hmm. constantly in your ear while you're playing the game. Right. He's yeah. just like like Sid is definitely the stronger, more impactful character, but as you started with, Charles is the a the prototypical companion character. He's your radio guy. And he, he is your basic sounding board for that entire game. Yeah, and so in a way, for best companion, that almost elevates him above Sid. But it's hard to divest Sid's importance in the story, our main character's perspective and goals, and the hideaway that was good. <laughs> <laughs> there was a cool energy to, we live in these fucking rocks, no one checks here because it's irradiated. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's hard to divest that from him because, of course, Charles has plot relevance that is interesting and a twist. But he's not quite there, right? He doesn't go around with two katanas. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but given that the category is best companion and not, like, coolest fucking character, mm -hmm. I think maybe we do give it to Charles over Sid. How do people feel on that? It's really a coin flip. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sid carries more weight 
ultimately, like, I feel like you could remove Charles from Atomic Heart, and it would be a lot worse. <laughs> but but, I, but I'd be like, oh, look, it's like Bioshock Slop, and I'd continue shoveling it down. Right, yeah. I, I feel like Final Fantasy 16 without Sid is just like, you just, you just have nothing. Yeah, and that, that actually is the thing. It is funny, though, because of the two of them, for some reason, you talk about removing Charles from Atomic Heart. I'm like, you could just take the one properly cooked chicken nugget out of my five piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can't even imagine that game was out of it. It's so, so devoid. It would just feel like you shipped this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think there's something to the theoretical version of the game where the main character is just constantly screaming like they woke up from night terrors and there isn't a reason a balancing voice like that's just what we're dealing with it would, it would hit it would hit like a days gone level <laughs> yeah i was like he at that point he doesn't have a sounding board or anything he's still just saying this stuff out loud so he comes off as sitcom tier dumbass fat dad like stereotype <laughs> it's like a fucking friends there staying stupid shit and there's no barn you know he's just saying it to himself he's just like well obviously this is a good idea so i'm gonna do it yabba dabba yeah that would have been insane yeah that game without charles is fucking insane <laughs> yeah ah oh. we're we're okay so it feels like Weirdly enough, the more cult leader-like of the two is Sid. <laughs> I don't know what that could possibly mean for Best Companion, but I feel uh, th this is probably me uh, falling into his trap, but I feel safer around Charles than Sid, who's going to, like, start... You know, he kind of does start a terrorist group, and he inspires you to go do things that are maybe not good or smart or for the best or any of these things. Where Charles would never do that. He would never... I feel safe around him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Sid is definitely the guy you would invite to your barbecue and he'd have a few too many drink drinks and start uh, hitting on a woman that was too young for him, maybe a little too aggressively. <laughs> like, he'd show up in one of those threatening Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, maybe we should just coin flip. Yeah, it does. It feels like this is just too gridlocked. It feels like we've never had a coin flip, so it's kind of funny to start now. <laughs> just find new ways to upset people every part. <laughs> Let me go find a coin. Be right back. <laughs> Would you believe that since I moved states, <laughs> we did not have a coin? However, weirdly enough, this house I am renting. In the crack between the laundry room and the backyard, wedged under the linoleum floor in the crack, was this dime. Incredible. You have to keep that dime forever now. Why was that a place you checked? I knew it was there because I stared at it while doing laundry the other day and went, man, that's a really specific spot for a dime to get lost. <laughs> Head, we're going with Sid. Tails, we're going with Charles. Sid, baby. <laughs> there we go. Problem solved. Why don't we just decide all these things like this? That'd be so much easier. <laughs> we gave our top 10 list to an AI, and this is the garbage <laughs> it spit out. No, 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 no. You said coin flip, not something significantly <laughs> less functional than, than a coin flip. <laughs> There's meaning to a coin flip. A coin flip will give you the right outcome roughly 50% of the time. I don't think an AI is going to hit that anytime soon. Yeah, probably not. 
Well, that makes best companion of the year, Alex Casey from Alan Wake 2. Second place goes to Sid from Final Fantasy 16. Third place goes to Charles from Atomic Heart with runner-up Pirlika from Disgaea 7. That was a really difficult category. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The next category, best plot twist. The nominees are going to be spoiling Alan Wake 2, Atomic Heart, Dead Island 2. Look out, Dead Island fans. (laughs) (laughs) I have to read that downloadable Matt Hazard game that came out 15 years ago. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Wanted Dead. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So if you don't want spoilers for any of those games, get out of here. There's timestamps. Skip to the next category. The nominees are FBI Profiling Counts as Fiction from Alan Wake 2. Your vaguely abusive father figure is not actually evil from Atomic Heart. Zombies are the inevitable fate of mankind. I, I feel like the phrasing should be inevitable evolution of mankind because fate's <laughs> like, oh, they were all eaten. <laughs> Matt Hazard kills himself. <laughs> In parentheses, this one says, I know it wasn't this year. <laughs> I'm going to just swing at this name. I'd even look up how to say this one, unlike the other one in the other category. Bode Akuda Reveal. From Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Robots are actually just people who have been brainwashed and enslaved from Wanted Dead. Dragon Zelda from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And Ganondorf introduced crack to the Goron communities from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. How are we feeling? Three or four? Let's be ruthless. Go with three. Oh. Okay, we're going to do three votes. Bob, you start. Uh, do you think we should explain any of these? Oh, yeah, we should explain these. As yeah. it turns out, not everyone has the full context, uh, <laughs> listeners and co-hosts alike, for all of these. Uh, I'm going I'm to explain the really complicated one. One moment. Yo, Zelda Dunn turned into a giant forking dragon. That shit is so cool. That is dope and unreal. And man, the Zelda series should probably have more people turning into fucking dragons. I think that alone could bring the whole fucking franchise up. You want to sell 10 million more copies? Let Link turn into a Zelda next year. Turn into a Zelda. You know what? You gotta do it. That'll be best plot twist that year. Finally time for The Legend of Zelda to be about Zelda. (laughs) I feel like there is a game that Nintendo will never, ever, ever make that includes that. And in that timeline, they sell 80 million copies and take over the entire gaming industry. (laughs) (laughs) And like you get articles, games are finally art. (laughs) (laughs) They made Run Mob 1 half into a Zelda game. Incredible. See, I was thinking like they made Revolutionary Girl Utena into a Zelda game. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and explain Matt Hazard killing himself. Uh, in the game, Matt Hazard, uh, the downloadable one, which I believe is Bloodbath Blood and, and Beyond. Beyond. Matt Hazard has to stop some people who are trying to hack the servers for the game code 
in order to delete him. He's trying to protect all this. You finally succeed at the end of the game, and then you go, fuck it, and blow up the servers yourself so that way you can't make a sequel. Because Matt Hazard knows he sucks so much he wants to die. <laughs> it was unfucking real as a conclusion to the downloadable sequel to the terrible triple, the uh, double A at best, $60 yeah. third-person <laughs> shooter that was Matt Hazard. What was the name of that one? I think that was just Matt Hazard. Oh, wait. It was Eat Lead, Eat the, Lead return the Return of Matt, of Matt Hazard. Hazard. Yes, because it was about him being a fake Duke Nukem clone. So that being the conclusion of the cheap downloadable sequel that just patently sucks was unreal and absolutely hilarious. Uh, we'll go ahead and let uh, Chris talk about Ganondorf introduces crack to the Goron communities, which I assume was nominated by Chris. Yes, he does that. He gives them <laughs> the rocks that make them that they get addicted to and get hopped up and aggressive and violent. <laughs> like it, that's what they what's what he did <laughs> like we might as well start calling him the gipper <laughs> gipper dwarf <laughs> surprisingly easy to imagine that fusion art wise yeah i can't believe ganondorf introduced crack to the goron community and i guess aids to the zora community <laughs> Robots are actually just people who have been brainwashed and enslaved. Bob, would you like to explain this wanted dead plot twist? Wanted dead is insane, and I think that this this is actually a really well done plot twist that they didn't deliver on at all. Mm. It's just sort of at the end of the game, they realize, yeah, no, that really that entire workforce that we use that's robots are just people who have implants and have that their memories wiped. Bob. And you are one of them. Bob, there's never been a, a category that Wanted Dead was more likely to sweep than this one with that plot twist. Because I'm like, yeah, Elon would do it. <laughs> Wasn't this the plot twist of Enslaved? That had a plot twist? Was it? Right, I was about to say. I that that had a plot the, twist? I, I thought some, some hippies were running an educational VR commune in the middle of the desert on their death machine. Well, they had, well, they had like, they have like, robot soldiers and then they implied it like yo those are actually the body inside those things are the people who are inside VR but their bodies are these robots I didn't remember that connection yeah that that might be there but that I feel like that's pretty different oh yeah especially given yeah, that universe and this universe whereas this is like Elon would fucking do this yeah, this and is that like is, that two years yeah, in the future or something right, yeah <laughs> I, I understand not remembering because it kind of gets overshadowed by we have schools. You have mechs. It's like, yeah, we, we're trying to fight off your death mechs. We don't want to have these mechs. You're trying to kill us. <laughs> what a smart game. Uh, Bob slash Chris, I don't know who put this here. Uh, tell me about the Bode Akuna reveal. Uh, well, Bode threw out 70% of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. He is your bud, but mm -hmm. you can tell something's wrong and you think he's just, you've, you kind of are on to him maybe working for the Empire. Okay. So when it comes time to do the reveal and he betrays you, he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not just working for the Empire. I'm also like a, a Jedi who is escaping the raids like you are. But I've turned <laughs> to the dark side. <laughs> it, 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 they do it really smoothly. And I think it was a lot of fun. And he's also got like this. They try to play him up as the the no, he's he's doing this for his daughter. He's not, he's not that bad a guy. He just he's making all these choices because he has to. And it, it it worked. Also, you do a cool speeder bike chase with Ooh. him. 
Ooh. before this reveal and he's just like then you start trying to you know attack him and then he's like oh no i'm just gonna force push you and you're screwed hey remember how remember me kept playing star wars music for some reason that was very funny <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> but that is pretty good that's pretty good uh so zombies are the inevitable fate of mankind which you know we're we're bearing the lead with that description because the important thing is that the zombie strain will turn the chosen one seemingly into Newman's. Right. But it's not just, it's like zombie strain isn't really a thing. It's just everyone is turning into a zombie regardless. They're not, it's not but even, like 95% of people turn into the zombie and die. Yes. Really. It's about the evolution of the survivors who become Newman's, which is not, they have powers that are ambiguous. They're, they're telekinetic in some way. One yeah. of them likes being a sort of mentor for some reason for 10 minutes at a time, <laughs> twice in the entire game. <laughs> they're basically like we called them the bounce of the visards. Yes. They're extremely visored core, and I don't know why. This sounds real fucking stupid. Oh, it's <laughs> even dumber. If you can imagine, it's like, uh, what's, what's the name of that series that was uh, vampires and edgy in the early to mid-aughts, got a few sequels, Underworld? Underworld? Yeah, give mm -hmm. an Underworld vibe yeah. to everything I'm saying. And yes. That it has real big, like, this is a mid-budget action show on WB in the aughts energy. Mm -hmm. like, like, this show comes on after the Highlander TV show. Yeah, it's like we tried to make this show kind of like Heroes, but we had a fifth the energy, or fifth the budget, and a lot more edge. <laughs> yeah, it's like we got we got a male model who mostly did stunt work, and he kind of knows how to fill a punch convincingly. We can ride this for four seasons, and he can read whole sentences at a time. Whoa, that's way better than the guys we got for barbarians. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, your vaguely abusive father figure is not actually evil from Atomic Heart. Chris? I thought it was just going to be a totally straightforward story where, like, oh, he's obviously evil. Right. And he's maybe kind of evil. He's maybe ghoulish. But he seems to genuinely be trying to make the world a better place. And I was like, wow, I can't believe it. They, they didn't do the most obvious thing. Because they spend the whole game going, well, he's obviously evil. Like, they, they, just, they just put all these little breadcrumbs. And you go, well, this game has no writing. Its, it's story is so stupid. Obviously, he's just going to be evil. <laughs> and then, no. It's actually your glove that's evil. And it's the funniest thing because the way it's executed has such a funny, low-key energy to it. Like, this is one of the hardest things to express to someone about Atomic Art. You walk in, you just fought two sexy death robots to even enter the facility, and when you walk into your abusive father's house, his office, he has this energy of, like, how many times have I told you to not keep the car out late? <laughs> Except for it's what he's saying to you with that energy is there's an evil uh, mutinous fucking cyborg AI in your glove. Why have you been listening to it this whole time? I told you not to. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> it's really bizarre. What a bizarre plot twist. Uh, Chris, I, I definitely know you also put FBI profiling counts as fiction. So, uh, a real world thing, uh, F uh, Criminal profiling is total bullshit. It's one of those things law enforcement just made up. So when they have her do it, they, when they have Saga doing the magic FBI profiling that gives her information she couldn't possibly know, mm -hmm. 
I thought they were leaning into because because the element of Alan Wake where fiction affects reality is also present in the first game, but mechanically it is much different than in Alan Wake 2. But it is still there. So I thought, oh, are they doing this thing because FBI profiling is bullshit, but it's still working because it counts as fiction and it's syncing with that? Then they go, no, she's actually a magic seer. Right. And that's fantastic within this context because enough detective shows and things have built out the mind palace where someone puts together the words and figures it all out. It's like, no, she's fucking psychic. Like, she's magic. Like, (laughs) this isn't she's smarter than the rest. She can literally peer into your soul. She's basically Mimir. <laughs> yeah. When when they do that reveal, though, I was like, yeah, of course you're psychic. You told us that in the first 10 seconds of you using your powers. And it's true. Yeah. That's why it's so good, because it turns out the twist isn't that she's psychic. The twist is that she just thought she was really good at intuition. <laughs> right, because in the world of fiction that is the genre she in, inhabits, mm-hmm. those characters are always just portrayed that way. So to her, it also made sense. <laughs> It's like, no, that's not normal. You're not normal. <laughs> Is that all of them? That's all of them, I think. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and start the voting off. Yo, she she turned into a fucking dragon in order to, to do the thing. That was pretty fucking cool. Just like that was oh, pretty that cool. Was, that was. I mean, the funny thing is, like, by the time I had collected all of the things, because of course I did that. They're fucking skittles on a map, right? It was obvious that that's probably what happened, but the shot they have at the very end is very, very cool. And conceptually, that is fucking dope as hell. Mm-hmm. That is, it, it did have some re- really cool energy with how it in- intersected with the Master Sword, because I feel like we've never had anything like that before in a Zelda game. First of all, we've never had dragons in a Zelda game. Which seems weird that you're saying that, like, we had a dragon as a boss in Zelda 1. Yeah, but, but we like... don't have a dragon as, like, these are almost like classical dragons where they're really old. Who knows where they came from? They're hanging out. Right. Don't fuck with them. It was a monster type, not a mythical creature with lore. Right. A character. And that did give us some good, like Inuyasha-esque. We had to reforge Tetsaiga (laughs) thing, (laughs) except it was a lot cooler in this because it happens one at once instead of six times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bob, I, this is the worst it has ever been. I'm giving a vote to Wada Dead. <laughs> that twist is so good. You said that twist, and I was like, that's, that makes me want to play that whole game. <laughs> because it's so funny to be like, yeah, no, those aren't robots. That They're fucking kidnapped people. <laughs> yeah, you're doing like that um, Detroit Become Human style interview with one of them because you've captured them because you're a cop. Mm. And they're just like, no, I'm, I'm a person. I'm just like you. And everyone's like, there's no way. They're making that up. Get a blood test. And guy's a blood test the next day. He's like, yeah, no, she's 100% human. What the heck is this? Where did this robot get all this blood? <laughs> Just blood and fluff. I don't know. Uh, this is a little tough. I hate myself for doing this. I wouldn't do this any other time. And I probably will never do this again. I'm voting for Mass or kill himself at the end of Bloodbath and Beyond. Because that was unreal and I couldn't breathe. That is the ultimate comedy joke of main character franchise knows franchise fucking sucks and would rather be dead than it continue. No one will ever do that again in a video game. You get that? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
And with that, I'm done. I'm done voting. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna go to Bob. Hey, Bob. I'm also gonna vote for Wanted Dead. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I wish the rest of the game was as good as that idea. Right. Yeah, it doesn't deliver on it well because it can't deliver on anything well. But it's a good idea. Uh, I also show one on Dead Island. That's a that's really sick and should have been a better game. <laughs> Or rather, should have been in a better game. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of these are really good. Yeah, no, three votes is brutal. Dragon Zelda was really cool, though. So I'll put it on Dragon Zelda. Hell yes. That is so cool that I am glad Tosh is asleep right now because she has not hit that part. (laughs) Aggro. I'm going to vote for Dragon Zelda because I remember not being anywhere near collecting all of those things, just sort of hanging out at a mountain, looking at that dragon in the distance. I'm like, oh, I should probably get a picture of that with my slate. And I zoom in on it and it goes, dragon of light. What? That's not one of the... Oh, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Immaculate. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with FBI profiling counts as fiction because that whole saga mind place saga was outstanding. Your last vote. Mm. It's a lot of good stuff on this list. Some of it's not from this year. Some of it's from games that don't actually exist. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so you know what? Yeah, because the real twist is that Dead Island 2 isn't real. Uh, that's the one I'm going to vote for. God damn it. <laughs> but remember, there's emphasis there. Okay, Chris, it's your turn to vote. Zelda. That was very cool. And I didn't see it coming because I'm like, I don't want to look for these things. I got like a couple of them and saw enough of those flashbacks that I kind of knew what happened and then didn't feel the need to get the last ones. So I was like, oh, damn. I guess that's a thing. <laughs> Newmans are too funny. I'm sorry. Like that's like that really does elevate your terrible hacky zombie story. If j- just like the dudes from Chronicle show up, <laughs> like we went past generic zombie thing into a Max Landis project. <laughs> really need that Days Gone sequel. One more, huh? FBI profiling. Okay. Let me get this uh, tallied up. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Telling up the votes. Uh, Dragon Zelda was unanimous. We had three votes on zombies are the inevitable fate of mankind. Which, can we talk about you evolve to the point where you start decomposing? Like, what is... <laughs> at least with Parasite <laughs> Eve, there was a weird, like, oh, the mitochondria is another organism and it's overtaking you. This it didn't even really explain why that made sense. <laughs> well, the evil, well, the, well, normal people get dissolved into zombies. The chosen ones become <laughs> Newmans, and they're the evolution of mankind. <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is really stupid. <laughs> uh, and then two votes each on FBI profiling counts as fiction, and robots are actually just people who have been brainwashed and enslaved. Now, I'm noticing there are seven votes here. If we do two votes each, that'll be eight votes. That will shake this up at all. I say we just mash these three together into two votes each. Is that okay with everyone else? Sure. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. fine. Let's see how this goes. Oh, and there was one vote for Matt Hatterson killing himself. Parentheses. (laughs) I know it wasn't this year. Okay. Uh, We'll start with Chris. 
Newman and Alan Wake. <laughs> Newman. <laughs> Agro. Uh, Alan Wake and uh, raising awareness about teaching the controversy about Dead Island 2. <sighs> Bob. Um, Wanted Dead and uh, Dead Island 2. Uh, oh my god, no. <laughs> Wanted Dead and Dead Island 2. <laughs> Well, we all voted for zombies are the inevitable fate and evolution of mankind. <laughs> That's the thing we did. <laughs> Even if it's real stupid, sometimes that's what you need out of a really bad game. That's true. That that alone can save a 5 out of 10. I mean, that mm -hmm. is, out of that entire video game, the absolute highlight of it, and it's not even close. Right. The rest is just a gray mush you could eat, I guess. And it really does have that CW energy of, we got the cast to stand on this uh, rooftop for yeah. the shot that we think looks cool, but is not cool in the least. Uh-huh. And they all are not actually cool, but are at least trying to wear clothes that they you might be able to think are cool. <laughs> someone else Jesus. who could have rocked that outfit which none of these people can but don't worry about it so we've got a tie between uh robots are actually just people who have been brainwashed and enslaved from one dead and fbi profiling counts as fiction from alan wake 2 they both have two votes the tie would be between uh third place and runner-up do people have opinions on which should go where I think one and dead should be third place because that's actually like a twist. And I feel like the Alan Wake thing isn't so much a twist is more of a twist. If you like Bob says, she does say she's psychic at the start. It's just, it has an interesting context. Well, she doesn't realize she's psychic at the start. She just thinks this is how her brain works. Like she's just deduced this. And it's only later that they're like, yeah, you're a fucking seer. <laughs> Right? <laughs> the mind place is this technique I have. No, you're a magic person. <laughs> and like metatextually, that is a hilarious subversion of the genre tropes that form a plot twist around the character. And that's really good. But the, the, the robots are actually just people who have been brainwashed as a slave. Just absolutely fucking hilarious and really good. Like Elon Musk would do this. Like, so I, I too think that should be third place and Alan Wake should be runner up. Does Everyone else see that, or... That's what I think, but obviously, because I voted that way every time. <laughs> Agro, are you okay with this? I mean, I, I feel like I'm about to get outvoted, which is, is fine by me. I just, I have to register a protest for a very personal reason that anything that reminds me of Shoujo Null just leaves kind of a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> okay, well, I think this is it. Everyone good to lock in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Best plot twist of 2023 goes to Dragon Zelda from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Second place goes to Zombies are the Inevitable Fate of Mankind from Dead Island 2. Third place goes to Robots are Actually Just People Who Have Been Brainwashed and Enslaved from Wanted Dead. And runner-up FBI Profiling Counts as Fiction from Alan Wake 2. You know what? We did some pretty hype positive categories. We got to cut this. We are a half and half network. So we're going to biggest jobber. 
I think that's a very positive category. Oh, it's a fun <laughs> category. It's a positive time. These are some real losers. This is going oh, to contain yeah, they spoilers are. for <laughs> Armored Core 6, Disgaea 7, Infinity Strash, colon, Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Die, The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Reverie, Mortal Kombat 1, Spider-Man 2, Star Ocean 2, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Tower of Fantasy, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and Final Fantasy 16. The nominees are G5 Iguazu from Armored Core 6, Crimson Dark from Disgaea 7, Big Bull, the Protection Magistrate from Disgaea 7, Hadlar from Infinity Strash, Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Die, Jill from Final Fantasy 16, Emperor, that, that's his, all right, from The Legend of Heroes, Trails into Reverie. Alternate Combatant, spelt with a K, from Mortal Kombat 1. Craven the Hunter, from Spider-Man 2. The Ten Wisemen, from Star Ocean 2. Dagongera, from... Dagongera. I can't remember actually how it was said. Was it Dagongera, or... I think you gotta write the second time, but it, it, it's fine. Dagongera. <laughs> well, you, I, I, wanna, I wanna try, you know? <laughs> This is like if I said Obi-Wan Kenobi wrong. You look like an asshole. <laughs> Only this is a, a, a jobber from the newest video game. Not You got to say the Star Wars <laughs> names right. You don't want to be like Kwaijin Jin. <laughs> Dog and Gera from Star Wars. Dog and Ropa from Star Wars <laughs> Jedi Survivor. Tower of Fantasy story as I glitched past 50% of it from Tower of Fantasy. Sign Guy from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and Master Koga from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I want somebody to explain Jill from Final Fantasy 16 so we can get it out of the way. Okay, I will. She's the dominant of Shiva, the dominant of Ice. She is ostensibly one of the six most powerful people on the planet. She loses every single encounter she's in every single one she gets captured off screen twice at one point she turns into shiva to do a thing and gets caught under like a sudden lava flow and has to like hold up the barrier while clive fights a boss at one point she turns into shiva to attack a, a a guy a guy who's a dominant but he hasn't transformed he's a normal human at the moment he eviscerates her she just puts up a terrible showing every single time and repeatedly gets kidnapped to motivate Clive. Dire. Did anyone have anything else they wanted? No, that sums it up. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, G5 Iguazu from Armor Core 6. We covered this a bit in uh, the prior part of Game of the Year, but uh, would anyone like to explain here for the listeners who maybe didn't hear that part? He thinks he's your rival, but he's not. You, you, the, the main character who does not speak seems like he doesn't know he exists, doesn't remember him. Nobody seems to remember him. He constantly picks fights with you and gets beaten up. Uh, when you go to fight the Ice Worm, it's kind of implied they sent him with you, hoping he would die. <laughs> if he had an actual image in the game, it would probably be the crying Wojak. It's true. Yeah. Somebody explain to me Crimson Dark from Disgaea 7. <laughs> this guy has the exact design of the main villain from Disgaea 5. Yep. And then he gets killed off screen. <laughs> 
He does not get killed off screen. He gets a spear shoved up his ass off screen, which <laughs> disables him for the rest of the chapter. <laughs> That's true. I'm seeing this quote where he says, hey, hear it and weep. My butthole has healed and I've become even more powerful. He shows up, I think, four times and never do you actually fight him. He is always defeated by antics that happen outside of battle. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's pretty bad. What's the deal with Big Bull, the protection magistrate? So he's he's the very first boss. He's He's just a recolor of a generic unit. Called the, uh, called the Armor Knight, I think is what they're called. That's rough. He's like, my defenses are impregnable. You'll never defeat me. And that's when you unlock uh, the main character, Fuji's, like, super mode that makes him ignore enemy defense. <laughs> and you fight him, like, four other times during the game, and you kind of just roll over him every time. And every time he's like, I'm new and improved. You'll never <laughs> defeat me this time. Oh, you just kind of no. drive over him. I should do Hadlar, too, because I'm the only person who yeah. played Infinity Strash, and I'm also the only person who knows what that series is. So, Hadlar was the Demon King, and he got owned by the Mentor character, and was defeated, like, ten, however fucking long ago it was. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Anyway, he shows back up, and barely manages to defeat the old and out-of-practice Mentor character, who has, like, gotten weaker. Impressive. Since then. Then he gets owned by a child. <laughs> and then you find out he is no longer the Demon King. Now he is the, the head general of the real Demon King's army. Oh my god. So he has been demoted. The next time he shows up, he is defeated by the rival character. Oh. The rival character oh. who in the previous arc was his direct subordinate. Oh, that's rough, buddy. Okay, I'm glad it's that rival character, not the one I was thinking it was, who's the other party member who's kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, he gets owned by him at some point, too, oh also. Oh, God, no! Ha Hadler's whole thing is just every time he shows up, he gets fucking owned, and then he gets revived, like, in a more demonous form that's supposed to make him stronger, and it doesn't really matter. He looks like you asked uh, Toriyama to draw a Romulan. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like that! Oh, my God! I'm starting to have theories about who might win this category. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uh, explain the Emperor from The Legend oh, of Oh shit, Heroes, I also have Trails to explain the, the Emperor. You sure do. Okay, first of all, just fucking look at him. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing it. Like, 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 that's not a serious contender for anything, you know, other than this category. So, Trails into Reverie introduces some new characters who were off doing shit in a different country when all the events of the series up to this point happened. And they're like their own they, they had their like their own show going on basically. And this dude is like their villain and when he shows up they're like we already killed you! How are you even here? And then you fight him again and beat him again and that happens like three more times and most of the time when he, they, he pops up they introduce a new mechanic you use to annihilate him with. <laughs> Good. As as he copes and seethes every single time. Hey Bob, what's up? Explain alternate combatants. In World Combat One, near the end of the game, they introduce a bunch of different dimensions that have alternate versions of characters that are really just randomly shoving two to get characters together. Like, let me see here. What are these stupid names? Johnny Savage, who is <laughs> Johnny Cage and Baraka. 
Oh my god. <laughs> the Johnny Cage who laughs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is how that fucking is how it is. Yeah, all of them are that tier. There's another one called Stung Lao. He's Scorpion mixed with Kung Lao and oh. it's real dumb. There's Cold Jaw, which is Melina mixed with Sub Zero. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really a big fan of uh, Johnny Savage looking like he would wear the badass glasses. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're all just incredibly poorly thought out and randomly shoving them together like they're two different things. And they, they every one of them dies in a single punch when they're in a cutscene. Or if you're fighting them, you only have to do one round against them and you move on. It's pretty funny, though. <laughs> it's really funny. I'm not saying it's not funny, but they're absolutely jobbers. <laughs> and, and they do have the alternate Shang Tsung and Quan Chi who literally get skeletonized in that sequence. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Extra funny because you guys picked smoke. So like, hurry, smoke, and then they get fist annihilate. Save the day, smoke. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> who wants to talk about Craven the Hunter? I put him here. Uh, they try to gas him up by like, he killed Scorpion and the Vulture and... Electro, even though we don't see any of those, we only see Scorpion. And he stabs Peter that one time, but he seems to be on the losing end of fighting Harry in the in the symbiote suit. Black suit Peter whips his ass, and then he he's not even a road bump for Venom, so he really like I'm sad that Miles didn't get a chance to wash him. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like he performed pretty good just because he got that hit on, on on Peter. Like, that gives him a pretty big buff in my head. Like, he, he really does do, like, the arc of the jobber. He shows up, he looks really strong, and then he gets his ass kicked by a stronger guy to gas him up. It's mwah. Yes, yeah. he's a very classical jobber. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, like, I was just sitting there like, so if he found the lizard, the lizard just would have torn his head off, right? Like, he wouldn't have had a shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, no, his army would come in and shoot the lizard to death, and then he'd get the last stab, and he'd be like, that was me. <laughs> I'm such a great hunter. Uh, yeah, yeah see that, that? Yeah, he's he's like he's like the fucking car dealer who rents a deer blind, or they like some, they bring out a deer on a leash, and he, he blows its head off with an anti-material rifle, and he's like, who's the master hunter? Me. <laughs> who elected Tower of Fantasy Story as I glitch past 50% of it? That was me, as I... I accidentally skipped half of the story in that game. What a jobber. I didn't even try to do this. It just happened. <laughs> uh, who in the world could have so much hate in their heart as to put side guy from Tears to the Kingdom? <laughs> Look, I did that. That dude can't figure out how to set up a sign even once across the kingdom like a hundred times. I, I don't know how this dude wasn't on most pathetic character. <laughs> Yeah, because I know. he never gives up. <laughs> That's true. You people, were right to do it, Bob. People got mad at me for not voting or for voting for fucking Pepito. I feel like he's he's very Pepito in that way, right? Mm. You'd think at least once he'd be like, maybe I should try like sinking the post into the ground and then building the sign on top of it. This dude's understanding of basic physics are so bad that I have to wonder if this isn't one of those two-dimensional creatures in a 3D space problem. He can't even <laughs> perceive the dimensions of not fucking working right his sign technology is. Yeah, 
That's his job. He makes you feel smarter. This this is intellectual enhancement talent. <laughs> uh Master Koga is embarrassing. <laughs> yes, he is. The fact he's shaped like a divorced guy is also not really <laughs> great for him. He's shaped like a divorced guy. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to think? Like, he he's a he has a pot belly. He's insecure. When you show up, he gets in a truck with giant wheels to drive around and try to run you down. <laughs> Look, he's all the Yiga clan has going for them. <laughs> you find logbooks all over the underworld like, man, he doesn't know what he's doing at all. <laughs> he's totally the linchpin of the organization. Just ask him, he'll tell you. <laughs> Explain it, Doug on Gera. <laughs> Dengera. Or Dog and Gara, I don't know which. You find him like sealed in a Bacta tank for hundreds of years. He is an ancient Jedi from the Old Republic. You bust him out and he's like, uh, uh, I'm feeling sick. And then he hastily reassembles his lightsaber to be a red lightsaber instead of a yellow lightsaber so he can fight you. Oh, I, this is the first <laughs> appearance of the, of the new continuity that I can think of, like the first direct appearance of the new continuity. Uh, red lightsabers are made because you put edgy energy into your lightsaber crystal to turn it red. Instead of just being a unique crystal you dig up. <laughs> so that already makes him really jobber core to me that like he throws such a fit upon meeting you that he becomes evil. Mm-hmm. You beat him two different times and he just, you know how usually when that happens in a game, like it's a, it's a villain you refight? It's like, okay, well, it was kind of even, or he won and he let me get away. Most of the times you fight him, it's kind of like, no, you pretty clearly won this and he's just leaving. <laughs> and he's also just so lame. Like, he's not the real main villain, even though he has that backstory of being like this ancient Jedi. You kill him like 70% into the game and then the real like plot reveals happen with uh, Bode. And that's the real main villain. So it's just all sorts of, man, you kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hype out of uh, climbing out of the back to chamber. <laughs> like, oh, I've unleashed an ancient, ancient evil. Wait, you, you're not the main... Oh. Somebody explained the Ten Wisemen from Star Ocean 2. Bob? Yeah? Is it time to tell them? I guess so. Okay. <laughs> the Ten Wisemen are the bounce... <laughs> Like they're oh, like they're okay. actually the bounce. Oh no, no. They have a similar origin to the bounce. Their plan is the same plan as the bounce. No. Like no. it's close enough that I now actually think that the writers for that bleach filler arc remembered Star Ocean Two. Because <laughs> no. their plan is literally we have a crest that's gonna blow everything up. We're artificial people made by this society. We want revenge. This is the worst it's ever been. <laughs> it's never been more over. Uh, and on the jobber front, they make them out to be big and strong, but the moment you have weapons that can cut through their bullshit Horizon Forbidden West-like barrier, you fight them in the pattern of 3-3-2, three, three, and that's eight of them gone. Yeah, you just annihilate these guys as soon as you can touch them. Oh my god. You're telling me. The end of Star Ocean 2 is a fusion between the end of Horizon Forbidden West and the Bout arc. Uh-huh. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> like, right, like it's literally like, yeah, I got this, I I got it, I forget what it's called, but it's it's like 
the crest of annihilation and it's going to blow up everything. And and the leader who's in the front, whose name is Gabriel, they're all fucking named after angels. Of course. Yeah. He's like, no, I, I didn't want to rule shit. I just wanted revenge. So I'm going to blow up everything with the, with the joke. <sighs> oh, my God. Yeah. And they even oh. do the, the, the bounce arc thing of like having some hints early in the arc of like, maybe there is some bigger mystery here. And then, no, it's that. It's what Chris just said. Like, no, they're just going to blow everything <laughs> up. <laughs> they are so lucky the anime did not adapt this part. They are. They are so lucky that the anime just doesn't even touch this because the amount of people would be like, what do you mean the filler arc for Bleach is just the Star Ocean anime? <laughs> oh, this is... Lister, you don't understand. Oh, oh, and another thing. Gabriel's main element is wind. No! Oh he turns into a tor... He turns oh. into a tornado and goes back and forth no. along the field and casts wind spells. No... <laughs> no this is the worst way this reveal could have happened <laughs> i've had this game since 1998 and this is how i find out what the end is that it's the fucking bout arc <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> jesus christ Okay, is that everything? I think so. That's great. Yeah. That's great. That's so good. <laughs> you get four votes. I don't care who goes. <laughs> Anyone but me. How about Bob go? Sure. I'm going to vote for the bounce. <laughs> Play the sound. <laughs> Uh, Jill, sign guy, in Crimson Dark. Hey, Chris, you go next. The bounce. <laughs> I hate this so much. Jill, Hadlar, an emperor. Hey, I go. You, 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 you could go. Craven, sign guy, Jill. And Hadlar. It's a fusion of the horizon forbidden and West Ending. <laughs> and the Bount Arc. So I'm going to vote for the Ted Wiseman. Jill. Hadlar, because look at him. I didn't need to hear anything to look at that design and go, that is a jobber. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's kind of deliberately pathetic. He's like, catch me in the neutral zone, bitch. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm gonna have to get to master koga let me get these over there and have to think more about the bount arc has been hiding in a childhood rpg of mine for all these years it was equally i had to, when i first like thought realized this i had to dm bob am i insane bob i'm not insane right this is definitely there's something here right and bob's like yeah i also thought it that's so fucked up this sucks. <laughs> God damn it. This sucks so bad. It has never sucked this bad before. It never will again. Okay, as the votes go, we have four votes for Jill for Final Fantasy 16, three each on Hadlar and the Ten Wise Men. 
two votes on Sign Guy from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and one vote each on Crimson Dark, the Emperor from the Legend of, the Legend of Heroes, Tries of Reverie, Craven the Hunter, and Master Koga. What shakeups need to happen in people's minds? The 10 wise need to be higher. I think this is the list. <laughs> I, I'm fine with Hadlar and the Ten Wisemen switching, but other than that, I think this is the list. I think the Ten Wisemen have done enough damage here tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to disrone Jill, but there are ten of the Ten Wisemen. And Jill at least takes more than one hit, usually. <laughs> the Ten Wisemen do basically not have characters. Like, they stand there real ominously, and the moment it's time to throw down, they just fold. I'm just seeing the Bout arc. I'm just, he's describing it, and I'm just reliving the Bout arc. Oh. Yeah, now, I, I think this kind of puts into perspective why I was so, like, down on the end of the game. <laughs> but it inspired such a great anime. Uh-huh. These guys look like canceled Shaq Fu characters. <laughs> I mean, that one on the right is just RoboCop. <laughs> He's That's fucking their Power new Man. Art. Let, me go, let me go get their original concept art from the PS1 version. Oh, no. This is going to be dire. Oh, yeah, it is. The most messed up part of this. Bob, this means that anime was teasing the Bout arc when it ended. Or something entirely new and different. I can't remember the end of that that well. It did seem to imply that they weren't going to do that, but also that there were some sort of people mm-hmm. that were they were going to build a whole season out of. They were going to give us the best. Oh, my God. Their original art's <gasps> ten times worse. Holy shit. Whoa. Oh, no. <laughs> now, again, I don't even know where you'd see this. Maybe like the back of the manual. Right. Or something. In a strategy guide, I bet. Oh my god, how do how do I tell my friend I don't want to play their RPG maker game? <laughs> well, that's the fun thing. It's not your friend, it's your captor. <laughs> <laughs> oh I this reveal has me dizzy. Like it's genuinely hard to think right now. Uh yeah, I I say we put the Ten Wise Men, like Bob was saying, above Hadlar. But then I think from there we've nailed it. Because I'm not going to be able to drum up enough support for it. No, the sign guy is a two-dimensional being. Stop being mean. <laughs> I mean, there, there does appear to be a guy in the list who gets a spear shoved up his ass. <laughs> yes. He's out for the chapter. <laughs> but to be fair, he does get a spear shoved up his ass by the strongest character in the game. <laughs> <laughs> who's even like no the final boss can only avoid getting washed by them because they're literally immortal <laughs> to, to, which to be fair like otherwise his his butt would have been able to deflect it obviously, like, <laughs> obviously. the spear wouldn't have made it in if not for the strongest man doing it but yeah that's how I feel I feel the ten wise men being the bounce have to go above Hadlar Right, I was even considering maybe above Jill, but I understand Jill. Jill is like the jobber of jobbers here. <laughs> she, she really is. I'm fine with them going above Hadlar because Hadlar, they want you to kind of think he's washed. Like he seems washed from the get. Like he gets beaten up by a child immediately and copes and seeds as it happens. Mm-hmm. But the Ten Wisemen are the primary antagonists of this game, ostensibly. <laughs> yes, allegedly they 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 lead us to believe this. <laughs> Yeah. Horrifying. Um, 
here's why I don't see the ten wise men going above Jill. Uh, she's kidnapped twice off screen or one, once off screen twice in general. Um, she gets to sit out the ending while all the dudes get to have their go- oh, cool adventure, God. which is so upsetting because oh. she's so much more important than oh. other people who went. Yeah. Okay. God, you know what? You know what? That's really awful, but they just would have killed her if she had gone by that. I mean, by them, I mean the writer. Yeah, I know. No, they're riding the dragon on the way in, and they just push her off. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, Jill can Jill can keep her crown. Yeah, allegedly, when you listen to the fans and you listen to the marketing and you listen to the game, talk about what the game was about. Final Fantasy 16 is supposed to be about Clive's bond with all of his friends, and repeatedly, Jill is just shut down. And then the beach scene where it's just like, I guess we're nude and having the sex so you can have my power happens. <laughs> and I don't think there's a single point in this game where I'm not disappointed in Jill's performance. <laughs> so that's why she still takes number one for me. Otherwise, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah, the bounce. We're hiding in a childhood RPG of mine. <laughs> of course they should win. My God. This is messed up. Like I, I, I think I got past the upset of it, uh-huh. the dizzying experience of finding out the fucking bounce <laughs> we're in Star Ocean <laughs> Two, and now I'm just angry. Right? Like I'm no longer like dizzy and nauseous, and and then like coping and trying to be like they're gaslighting me. There's no way they're in there. There's no way. <laughs> and now I'm just like angry. <laughs> I'm just furious <laughs> because this means not only is the end of the game, the bounce, which is horrible. That is a horrible fate. They inspired the bounce, which means that was their fault too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Have you talked to Eric about this? Bob? No, he might listen to this and be very upset. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> might have to timestamp and send it to him. And Eric just stares into the distance is like, Oh yeah. Hmm. So I think I think like this, the list is good. Yeah, unless we want to argue Crimson Dark up over Sign Guy. I honestly want to argue Master Koga above Sign Guy. <laughs> if we're gonna switch somebody with Sign Guy, I'd say it would be Craven. <laughs> yeah, I think Sign Guy gets to stay as the runner-up. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sign Guy might be the linchpin for peace. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's wait. Well, it, let me let me let me see how many. Many sign guy puzzles are there. <laughs> there are 81, so he fails okay, 81 okay, times. Okay, I think yeah, he takes I it. Think he, I think we're good on that. I think he can do that. Uh, okay, that's it. We're locked in. Biggest jobber of 2023 goes to Jill from Final Fantasy 16. Second place goes to the, the bounce. Star Wars 2. <laughs> Third place goes to Hadlar from Infinity Strash, Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, with runner-up Sign Guy from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. That brings us to our last category. Best Antagonist. See, last time we subverted your expectations by going, come on now, ends the King of Cucks. But uh, this time it's a real category. <laughs> Subvert it again, bitch! <laughs> that makes us automatically good. <laughs> that is how that works. This category contains spoilers for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Slayer's X, 
Pizza Tower, Armored Core 6, Alan Wake 2, and Endless Monday. And me reading that list is how I found out that wasn't alphabetized in the least. The nominees are Bode Akuda from... Or knowing Star Wars, Akuda from Matana? Yeah, I think it's Akuda. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Krauser from Resident Evil 4 Remake, Mevin Raniels from Slayer's X, Pizza Face from Pizza Tower, V2 Snail from Armored Core 6, Dor from Alan Wake 2, and Blythe from Endless Monday. Okay, let's talk about it. Bob. Tell me why Bode Akuda is best antagonist. Uh, they spend like 70% of this game actually building him up as a friend and making a legitimate friendship between him and the main character. So when he actually turns on you and you have to fight him, it actually does feel pretty heartfelt and well done. Chris, tell me about Krauser. Uh, he's real gay. <laughs> <laughs> like, he kind of has a picture of Leon that he, like, writes a message to him in in lipstick and leaves it for him. He's like, waiting for you, Leon. <laughs> uh, he was betrayed by the U.S. government, which is a, a, a pretty accurate motivation for a lot of evil people. And you have a cool knife fight on him while his arm is a sword. Chris also explained Mevin Raniels from Slayer's X. So Slayer's X, uh, let me let me get the full title here. Uh, Slayer's X Terminal Aftermath: Vengeance of the Slayer is a game made by a man who is the manager of a dollar store. He's making the game he intended to make when he was when it was 1999, and the villain of this game is Mevin Raniels, who is his stepfather. <laughs> Mevin Raniels is his stepfather. He calls him champ or in sport in all the cutscenes. Uh, you have to kill him because he's dating your mom. There's an actual plot, but the real reason is because he's dating your mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next is Pizza Face for Pizza Tower, which is also Pizza Head. What a dick. <laughs> like, he, he has no motivation at all. He just hates Pepino for seemingly no reason and wants to fuck with him. I mean, it. in my opinion, Pizza Head seems to be an extra-dimensional being, almost, because he is just a Looney Tune cartoon brought to life, made into a malevolent spirit. Who deliberately wants to antagonize this Italian-American. For seemingly no reason other than, man, that guy sure has a reaction when you menace him. Yeah. V2 Snail from Armored Core 6. I almost nominated this guy for Biggest Chopper. <laughs> Understandable. Because the, the main time you fight him, he does show up in, like, the, the first boss. Like, he shows up piloting the first boss. And it's even easier than the first boss. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, like, the really well-spoken corporate man in this, in this cyberpunk dystopia. And he has like a British accent and seethes and yells at you as you ruin all his plans, which you do very easily. He's not very competent. No, he is not very competent. He has a very arrogant tone to himself and has sort of a like, oh, we live in a civil society. You need to participate in this. And it's just his way of being like, wait, wait, no, no, you should do what I say because I, I'm in charge. <laughs> this dude absolutely sucks. Um, 
He, it feels like he should have been in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie being blown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is real Beckett core. He is Beckett core. Yeah. Thank you for remembering that guy's name. Next up, Warlandor from Alan Wake 2. I nominated him mainly because is a villain or an antagonist. He's just really mysterious and interesting. Like he he makes you he brings you into his talk show and you just act like everything is normal. And then later on we reveal that no, he has powers of some sort and he may be involved in this and it's all mysterious and I want to know what the, what his deal is. So I think he's a good antagonist. <laughs> That's the thing, and, and though. And maybe he's Saga's dad, even. Yeah, probably. Right. I don't know why that seems really likely, which is like, man, that's going to be interesting. Uh, but, like, putting him as antagonist seems weird because every time Alan talks to him, he doesn't make it sound like he has any control over what Alan is making himself go through to escape the darkness. That's true. I mainly, he mainly antagonizes Iceman from X-Men. <laughs> it's so true. It's a different actor. <laughs> is it? Oh, no, it isn't. No, I was like, that is the guy from Quantum Break. And every time I saw him, I'm like, I love that you're in this. It's it's so great that you're here, man. I love you. <laughs> I got confused because that actor is also antagonized by Lance Reddick in Quantum Break. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he gets warped into there because of Door. Uh-huh. And then he's just like, well, how do I get out? I, I Nothing makes sense here. Yeah, it's pretty good. He is that guy's antagonist, 100%. Right? Now, does he have it coming? We don't know until he knew like another one of these. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe there may be the DLC, because there's there is two DLC packs coming for Ellen Wake 2. True. Uh, and the uh, last nominee is Blythe from Endless Monday. Yeah, she's a corporate middle manager who wants to fire as many people as she can. That's her entire motivation. That's her life stream is to fire as many people as possible. That's why she wants to use generative AI to replace all employees. And uh, you even go, well, wouldn't AI make sense to replace the managers? And she goes, no. Managers always have to be human forever. There's also that really funny bit about, yeah, she engineered us making a robot to make zines just to put an employee who quit out of business running their own thing. (laughs) Yeah, she ruined her perfect firing record. She had never had an employee quit. She'd always fired him. Yeah, she's pretty on tilt from that and made an entire (laughs) project to run that person out of business with their YouTube channel. She also just wanders around the office with a knife. That's just normal corporate manager (laughs) behavior. Uh, But I think that's all of them. I'm going to go ahead and give us a staggering three votes. We'll start with Bob. Um, Warlandor, Blythe, and Pizza Face slash Head. Yeah, because it's really the same thing, so it doesn't don't matter. Aggro. I'm gonna vote for Krauser because you know I played this game for the first time this year, and he just shows up in the middle of it <laughs> with a knife and Leon's backstory. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what's up? I'm the villain of this game now. You're like, how did you escape every 80s action film where you're right? the bad guy? Right? I'm like Gary Busey from Lethal Weapon. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> um, Mevin Raniel's just... I don't know what it is. Like, you just want to hate <laughs> I mean, there's something pretty evil about being this dude's stepdad. (laughs) (laughs) 
and Warlandor. Chris. Warlandor. Mevinraniels. <laughs> and uh, Blythe. I'm going to go Pizza Face. <laughs> Mevinraniels. <laughs> mm. Mm. I'm torn between Krauser and Blythe. They push real strong. Mm-hmm. I almost voted for Krauser too. They both have knives. <laughs> yes. You, you, you know the true answer in your heart. That's Blythe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, like, if the entire rest of the game, aside from making the robot that runs that, that takes business out of business, just being like, this is a robot, aggro. This is a robot designed to generate at alarming rates shitty zines about air fryers. just to dilute the market and ruin the person who quits hobby now turned job oh my god if not for that it would be like yeah that person sucks that's kind of par for the course but it's like that is deranged (laughs) yeah it is so deranged i i gotta do it okay we're throwing another point on blythe let's tally this up and see what we got we have a three-way tie between Mevin Raniels from Slayer X, Warland Dorr from Alan Wake 2, and Blythe from Endless Monday. And then two votes on Pizza Head slash Pizza Face from Pizza Tower, and one vote for Krauser. I think this is correct. Those are the top three, and that's the runner-up, Pizza Head. How do other people feel? I would switch Pizza Face and Krauser. Anyone else with me on that? Yeah, I'm kind of on board with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is the most antagonist. He's <laughs> in so many movies. I'll allow it. I disagree with it, but I understand it. Okay. So people then agree that Mevin Raniel's Warland Door and Blythe are the top three and Krauser's runner up. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do two votes each on the top three here. Let's start with Agra. Door and Blythe. Bob. <laughs> Moreland Dor and Blythe. Chris. Dor and Blythe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to give one vote to Mevin Randall's and another to Blythe. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't believe this. Now I feel like we have to decide whether Mevin or where Krauser can come up and take Mevin's place. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something funny to be said for which one is worse, the villain in an 80s action movie or that guy fucking your mom? <laughs> yeah. Dude, we think the Krauser would treat that guy's mom better than Mevin Rangers does. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I do. I do, actually. Uh, yeah. At very least, Mevin Rangers as he exists of this person's <laughs> vision of his stepdad. <laughs> Yeah, probably, probably because Krauser's like a cool military guy and Mevin Raniel's like owns a laundromat, I think. <laughs> Krauser's so fucking crazy. I didn't even think about him being infected until he transformed. I thought he was just <laughs> like on that? the vibe. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the vibe you get. Hmm. We said a lot of things, but I'm not sure if that moves him up or down. Compared to Mevin, let's do a vote <laughs> between Mevin Raniels and Krauser. You get one vote each. Bob. Krauser. 
Agro. Krauser. Chris. Krauser. Yeah, it don't matter what I fucking say. <laughs> okay. Well, I moved Mevin Randall's down to runner-up. A real shame for stepdads everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he was the dad who got stepped down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Currently, Krauser's in third place. As the voting stands... Blinds from Endless Monday, Dreams and Deadlines <laughs> is our best antagonist of the year and World of Doors in second place. Here's my here's my problem, okay? Uh-huh. I see that Blythe is the best antagonist for 2023, and I go, that's absurd. Right. But everyone else who's over here, I'm like, they're not as evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she definitely has them out eviled. I don't know if that makes her a better antagonist in general, though. We, we need to give her a trophy she can have in her weird alien jail cell, she said. <laughs> Warlord Door's just playing not as evil no. as Blythe. Not even yeah, close. Yeah, he's questionably not an antagonist at all. He definitely antagonizes Iceman, but we don't know that he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> well, he, he antagonized Iceman so Iceman could be there to give Saga that page she needed. It was all part of his plan. It's true. Meanwhile, everything he says implies, dude, I'm, to, to Alan Wake is like, dude, I'm not doing shit to you. You're doing this to yourself. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put a moratorium on the word plan for the rest of this podcast, <laughs> given the revelations that occurred to me earlier. But yeah, I, I think it's clear as day that Blythe is just a more heinous bitch <laughs> than Warland Dorr by a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Her joy in life is removing the means of survival from people by firing them. That is evil. Yeah, that's her end game. She has no greater evil plan. It's just, I just want to make the world worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, that settles it. <laughs> Blythe from Endless Monday Dreams and Deadlines is the best antagonist <laughs> of 2023. Second place goes to Warland Door from Alan Wake 2. Krauser from Resident Evil 4 Remake sadly can't step to either of them. And Mavin Raniel's the dad that got stepped down from Slayer's X is runner-up. <laughs> you know you can't get this Game of the Year podcast from anywhere else. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Those other outlets take their normal pills. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Probably Ganondorf. <laughs> it's probably Ganondorf. He was pretty cool. He was pretty cool. <laughs> he forgot to even nominate him. That's how I mean, cool I he mean, was. He was. I mean, he's pretty cool, but he's Ganondorf at this point. It's like I don't, I don't even know who to compare Ganondorf to. He's been that long running of an antagonist that's that evil. Uh huh. Right. It's like you open your fridge and you're never going to be like, wow, my fridge sure kept all this food cold because it's an understood <laughs> expectation of your fridge. <laughs> that does it for all of our categories. Come back next time for our individual top 10 game of the year lists and the game of the year followed by nine other games that aren't.